Hi, and welcome to the Queer Romance Readers Discord server and our monthly reading roundup in which we talk about our favourite read of the month and try to convince the other mods to read the same book. And whoever gets the most votes at the end wins. Uh, so I am joined by Alicia and Rachel. Hi. Um, <laughs> so this time we're going to go in reverse alphabetical order. Uh, so if you want to talk about your favourite book, Rachel, of this month. Yes, I, I shall. So my favourite book that I read in August was The Quarterback by Tal Bauer. And it's an MM... I'm going to call it a sports romance, but I'll get more into why I say that with some hesitation. <laughs> um, and it is, oh, it has so many really um, wonderful things in addition to being about a football player and the football player's teammate and best friend's father. So, you know, instantly it's like age gap and the forbidden so i saw the premise for this book after reading the first one in tal's series the game the team i think is actually what it's called <laughs> the first book is the jock um it was kind of a breakout book in the mm romance subgenre it did really well breakout isn't the right word because this author has been has had plenty of very popular books but this one was one that i saw a lot of people talking about had a really cool cover so even though I was like, oh, sports romances, which again, I'll get into that. <laughs> I read The Jock and loved it. So I had been looking forward to this one ever since I saw the premise for it and knew that I already really liked book one. So you could read this book without reading The Jock. Um, it's about Nick and Colton, and it is a um, bisexual awakening book for both of them, I would describe it. And it does have that age gap that... Um, dealing with an intergenerational romance and then also um, having to grapple with what the implications are for the, um, for the relationship between the friendship between uh, Colton and Wes. And I actually misspoke because the best friend and teammate is Wes, who's a main character in book one. So um, it's his boyfriend's dad. So, but that being said, all three of the guys are friends at this point. Um, I am like making this the most confused version of the premise that I possibly could. But okay, so let me circle back and say that it has just the most the the writing in this book is fantastic, which I think is um, that's one of the things that this author is known for. And it's just a really deeply emotional book, and I really like the way that it handles sort of the emotional vulnerability of men in settings that are traditionally don't, you know, don't really reward that. So obviously Colton, um, as a college athlete in the book, has sort of always had a bit of hyper-masculine culture surrounding him. And in book one, we saw him kind of struggle with his best friend coming out, but he got over it really quickly. And, um, you know, once he was had kind of handled his surprise, if you will. He was very supportive, and that book has, you know, a happy resolution between those two friends. I think I can say that without spoiling anything. Um, it is a romance, and you kind of see that coming in book one. So then book two, um, we, you know, we kind of have had that introduction to Colton's character, and we, and we know that he's just sort of a tough, all-football, all-the-time kind of a guy. But then in his point of view, you see that there's 
He sort of has a yearning for more than that, but he just doesn't see the potential for it in himself. And then at the very beginning of the book, he's the quarterback, which is the title. Um, he has this terrible injury, which the way that's written just made my whole body hurt. <laughs> it's just so well done. And it's not career-ending necessarily, but it's really serious, and he's definitely out for the summer. And at the same time, Wes, so his teammate and his teammate's boyfriend, are leaving town to go to this family ranch. Not important for this story, really, if I'm just trying to summarize it. And then this sort of throws together Colton and then Nick, the um, this other character's dad, because they're sort of left alone in a city where they are used to spending a lot of time with these two people who have left because Nick has been like reconnecting with his son um, over the course of the time between books one and two. So, so here are Nick and Colton, and Colton needs help, and his family is not the helping kind, and his best friend just left, and he has this terrible injury. And so there's all of this caretaking and which Nick is just a great, he has a, a great, that great vibe. Like he's just very sweet and sensitive and good at anticipating people's needs. And he feels this real um, urge to kind of take care of Colton because there's no one else there to do that. And so he does. And then also offers Colton an internship at his company, um, which he is, uh, I won't get into the details of it, but like a big corporate, he has this big corporate job with all the associated bells and whistles. And so again, he's like in a in a corporate culture where, you know, kind of being tough and being emotionally controlled has been rewarded for him. And he's also just divorced his wife um, in the last, or separated from his wife, and then they, the divorce is finalized during the book. So he is just very isolated and lonely, and then Colton's very isolated and lonely. And the things, the feelings that that kind of come to be between them seem so unlikely at the beginning of the book that you're just thinking, how is this going to happen? And then it's just sold 100% over the course of the book. It's a lot, kind of a longer book, um, but I read it in one day. I could not put it down. And now that I've rambled on and on about it, if you guys don't think it sounds good, I'm going to feel really bad about myself because <laughs> I said as well, well. That sounds so good. <laughs> it really so it's, so it's his best friend's boyfriend's dad yeah. that he gets with. Yeah. So the first book is about those two, the the best friend and the best friend's boyfriend. Yeah. So and they're pretty prominent characters in this book. So I mean, you think this book sounds good. I would read the first one first because it's also so good. Um, I liked the book two better because it just had more of my favorite things, <laughs> but they're both objectively very good. So I would recommend the pair of them, but you could definitely read. I, I say this because I'm not a person who has to start at the beginning of a series, though. So <laughs> um, Alicia would want to read them both, which see, this is the, so many reasons. Okay, now I'm talking to you, Alicia, because I know. <laughs> First of all. <laughs> I'm basically saying you would have to read two books because you would not read the second book in a series with the interconnection like it is happily. I know you would like rather start at the beginning. So, so there's my first disadvantage. And then also the sports romance thing. But like I was talking about when I discussed the premise um, through the whole almost probably 90% of the book, um, Colton is hurt and not playing. So, um, so there's very little actual football in the book. Just true of the the jock as well, frankly. So it's like barely a sports romance. You should do it. There's no daddy kink, <laughs> 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 and it's just lovely. 
So, okay. But yeah, I don't expect to sell Elysion. It's a contemporary. It's a football book. Oh, man. They should still read it. Okay. But I rest. My case. I, well, <laughs> I'm so tempted because, you know, I've just recently read the Lucy Lennox uh, football series. I think that's similar in that it's sport romance, but in that there's not, they're not playing a lot of sport. It's them just recovering from injuries and actually just be like, I would just rather live in this cutesy little snowy town. Yeah, yeah, that is very comparable, I would say, in terms of like the amount of football. This book is so much, I'm not going to say angstier, although it probably is, but um, but not in like a, you know, just the premise has some inherent stuff they have to deal with, I guess. That is a little, has like its heavier moments, but not like wallowing in sorrow sort of angst. No, 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 no. Although I would enjoy that. I know, but Alicia wouldn't, so I have to. <laughs> no. Yeah, you, you're just dropping all the buzzwords here. Angst. Sadness. <laughs> I didn't say sadness. I didn't say that. <laughs> this couple, we were having a conversation earlier about a book that Alicia got me to read, at Soul Eater, and at the very end, it's like a load of angst, and I was like, just like, yes, I love this so much, and Alicia's like, no. I wanted to be even darker. No, that part, it, it actually hurt me to read that part of the book. And I was like, it, um, going into book three, which is the Reich Reek, which came out a few days ago on the August 9th, I think. Um, I was so scared there would be another scene like that. Oh, in my rating because I, I was crying like the the angst was there they were in pain there was sorrow I wanted to be like even more painful no I had to like speed through that part <laughs> oh god yeah, I feel like you would really like this book because <laughs> it, has, it has so much hurt comfort but like satisfy i mean it does set you up to want that but it's so it's delivered so well it's just so satisfying how they um how they take care of each other it's just a, they're so they're so very sweet together yeah i do love her comfort it's the thing my my heart is always like no i want everyone to die and i want that to be sadness forever but my my head is like no if they did actually die you would be very sad and annoyed so you're grateful that they're just comforting each other and they actually make it out. Yeah, no no main character death in this one because <laughs> it's a romance novel. Oh, Ella. Let's <laughs> <laughs> keep buying the romance books. I keep teetering on that death edge. Yeah, and then you remember the, where it's shelved and you're like, oh, I guess that's probably going to Oh, funny. All right, so I'm really bad at the alphabet, but I think that Alicia is next, right? I am. I'm just putting your book in the chat right now. Oh, I thought you were going to say on your Kindle or something, but whatever. Huh, no, <laughs> I, have, I never read. I never get more than one book at a time to read. Oh, no. So this is an intense contest right now. It's going to be uh -huh. this book or it's going to be Ella's book. Okay. Okay. Well, last time I abstained, so yeah. 
You can um, do that. <laughs> what? Well, because she was so disinterested in my choice. And then she'd already read Wayne's choice. So Wayne won. Because <laughs> I'd already brought the book that she, she had nominated. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, so my turn. Mine is, I'm also at a disadvantage because Rachel is here. <laughs> Rachel and I have very, very different tastes. Like, we might like, okay, our shared interest is KJ Charles and then <laughs> two other books. And then other than that, no. But we like each uh, other's writing, so that's convenient. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, like each other's writing and then KJ Charles. Yeah, there you go. And then maybe two other books. <laughs> um, but so I'm hinging all my hopes on Ella here. I did the same. Oh my gosh, there's so much pressure for you. <laughs> I love it. So mine is Ashes of Memory by Aiden Bates and Joe Haven. And it is, uh, here are all of Rachel's buzzwords. It is a shifter book, <laughs> fantasy, with a contemporary, like, urban fantasy, oh, no. with nodding. Uh, pretty that. When they say buzzwords, they mean, like, the opposite of buzzwords. <laughs> it's like, I want to make you go, hell no. I don't think I caught the whole title. I think I accidentally interrupted you. What was it called again? Ashes of Memory by Aidan Bates and Jill Haven. And I'm also going to link this one. Great title. Um, yeah, I actually, I, I like this book so much more than like the sex scenes, though. The sex scenes were really great. Um... Sorry, I cannot type and talk at the same time. But so the premise, it's kind of a second chance book, which is one of my buzzwords for like, I, I don't read the second chance. I, I don't know. It just it makes me sad. I just want someone to get their happy ending the first time. But I really <sighs> like the way this was done because so the premise is that one of the main characters, Tam, and what is the name of the other main character? Oh my gosh. Okay, well, main character one and two. <laughs> this. So it's Tam and Vance. So Tam is the dragon, and then Vance is. He's called. And. Oh, I'm going to mispronounce this. I have to. I have this book open right now and I'm trying to find this word because he's a mage, but he's a very specific mage. Um, it's called, he's called an Esper and it's like there are 12 different kinds of mages in this world and Espers are the ones that deal with the, it's kind of like an abyss and it's all mental and psychic stuff, but it's also this other world that exists in your mind i don't know if that makes much sense no so like a whole kind of realm but in your mind it's like it's like have you ever watched inception yeah oh like that oh yeah okay 
Oh, yeah. Wow. So it's like it can seem so real in there that like you're not really sure what's happening. You're not even really aware that it's not in the real world and you can get trapped in your mind. So but he is like he's basically a psychic. He can read minds. He can use his powers to track down people. And so three years ago, there was an incident in which um they were up against this like this is kind of a spoiler whoops but they were up against someone who was also an esper and then he attacked vance and he kind of he they managed to defeat him in the end but in the process vance's mind got really really damaged during the attack so then they had to seal off all his memories surrounding this incident and because he was there with his partner who was tam the other main character they had to seal off all his memories of tam and basically tam can never talk to vance again or he's going to risk damaging this wall he built and that's going to just break his mind and bad things will happen okay you're drawing me in with all the angst that's so tragic yeah so the like why is there plotting? <laughs> no it sounds really good <laughs> yeah you could just skip the naughty things right <laughs> and so what's happening this time is now that so three years ago, um, Tam recruited Vance to help him find the missing child. And then that's when all this stuff went down. And now it's been three years and his nephew is missing. His brother and his brother's wife got killed. And they have to find his nephew before because it's a missing child. You want to find the missing child. So um, it's like, so the dragons and the mages have a very complicated relationship so it's like if you if you wanted to get another esper it would probably take six months to get one so then he goes to find vance and asks for help even though he knows that vance won't know who he is and they can never get back together and yeah this is the premise of ashes of memory so good it yeah. kind of reminds me of oh what is she called again but this the this whole series i was reading oh my god who is she called i talked about it in um in the yearly roundup okay i found it's like amy ray durison's series the reawakening dragon one and it kind of reminds me a little bit of that because that's one in which in the first one the main like dragon who woke up gets like see for like a thousand years and then like he lost like his his lover and all of his horde like the horde were like people that they loved and he has to restart but then he's just got all these memories of his old horde and it's it's so sad but it was so cute that's the hard thing about immortality or like living a long longer than um other people that you care about right i like that um i kind of like that nod to that because it would be hard yeah i mean they kind of solve it later on by just have him getting with a god another god there's <laughs> yeah. not too much of an issue anymore wait you should read soul eater then rachel it I has know. a bit of the um like 
this human is only going to live for 70 years old, whereas the monster is like thousands of years old, but he's going to remember these 70 years for the rest of his life. He's like tens of, he's like older than human civilization. Yeah, old. he's super old. I don't really read monsters. I know. I'm probably missing out. I just don't get into it. There's so many books. I'm not saying I never will. I'm very close to reading um, because I just like to read things that are hyped. But so I'm like so close to reading that Minotaur book. (laughs) I think I'm gonna do it. (laughs) What Minotaur book? Um, I still heard about this. Oh yeah, it's all over. It's like the number one erotica book right now. It's um, what's it called? Morning Glory Milking Farm. Yeah. Oh. Big on TikTok. Oh yeah. Wait, you linked this. I saw. I. I did because it's a phenomenon. Though I heard it's got a breeding kink, and I'm, I'm not really down for that. So. I d- I have it's only one. Re- I only listened to one review, and it didn't mention that. So I don't know if it does or doesn't. Wait, what kink is this? Well, I heard it had breeding kink, but in all fairness, I got that from TikTok, and that is not the most reliable source. Oh. I mean, yeah, it has I, I can problem- live with it. problematic things. See, I should have read it real quick and then tried to talk you guys into reading it, because I would have had all <laughs> the talk behind me. <laughs> oh, wait, okay. I want to say one more thing about my book, since you brought up kink. This book, the sex things were pretty kinky. Okay, what well, well, kind of... So got, why not- I like it so much. I do love me some kink. Well, so, what kind of kink? So, yeah, we, we've got, like, knotting, which well, I'm all down like for that. Orgasm denial, um, mainly uh, that one. But wait, you said it was a dragon? That it's knotting with a dragon? Yes. What? <laughs> think it. Just don't think about it. You would, knotting is a dog thing, which is the whole problem. Don't think about it. it. <laughs> Once you've seen some dogs tied together in real life, you're never going to That's how it is. Don't think about it. Okay, just picture it as an inflatable plug or something, okay? That's the way I do it. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I think a lot of people really like it. I am not ever going to say that there's anything wrong with liking it. I just don't, I don't know why. It's one of those things I kind of wish I liked. It would make my reading life much more convenient, kind of like... Like, you know, you don't want to be the person who doesn't like chocolate, because then what are you going to eat at dessert time? You know, that's not convenient. Everybody likes chocolate. I think everybody likes naughty. Except me. (laughs) Honestly, this was the book that convinced me to like it. It was not my thing before. Okay, I'm keeping an open mind. I love the whole angst of I can never have him. I would break his brain, but I still love him. I love that. So I'm still open to it. Hit me, Ella. <laughs> I'm just, I can't get, it was so sad. He can't even, like, it's his, the love of his life. And if he even talks to him, he will, like, hurt. Oh, that's. But he can talk to him. That's how they meet up again. But it's like, but he has they to, like, together. He doesn't know this person who he's, oh. I'm already getting fat, <laughs> which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, being sad is awesome. <laughs> okay, so my choice 
Yeah, so, so my choice is um, from an author who was actually spotlighted before, Esther Glenn Gray, and the, the book we had spotlighted was Honey Trap, which amazing book, one that me and Rachel absolutely loved, and one that you should just go read now, because it's so amazing. And so when I, because I, I got like a KU subscription for about a month, and I saw that all her books were on there, so I was like, well, I have to read all of them, of course. And the one that I really enjoyed was Briarly, which is a World War II era retelling of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, it's about, so basically this, uh, he's a parson. I don't actually know, what the hell is a part? They're like a religious person. I'm, go I'm Googling this. Oh, he's like a vicar. Okay, a vicar. He's a vicar guy. And he stumbles across this big old house when he's returning from a trip and he sees it's got these beautiful roses. Um, he first goes in and he's like kind of weirded out by this house that's all super empty but got this like amazing feast. So he's like, this seems weird. I'm going to go. But oh, that rose is beautiful. I'm going to get it for my daughter. And then predictably that does not go well. And there's this dragon beast comes along and it's like, how dare you steal from me? Uh, I need your daughter as recompense. And what I really, the, the difference in this retelling is that the vicar is like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to hand over my daughter to you. I love my daughter. No, I'll stay. Like, fine, but I'm not going to, like, give up my daughter to some beast who's just kidnapped me. Uh, and so he's determined to try, because he figures out that the dragon beast is under a curse. And he's got uh, these, these servants who are invisible to him as well. They haven't been, like, cursed into being a beast, but they just can't be seen by anyone. But he can, you know, talk to them, and they're really funny, and they're super unique and cool. And so he's like, okay, well, I'm going to, like, because he, he needs to fall in love with someone. So he needs to learn about the concept of love. So what perfect way to do this than to get him a puppy, get him a disabled puppy. <laughs> and if he loves this dog, then surely the curse will break. And so then you've got this dragon monster who's quite, um, he's very, not a great, he's kind of very, like, self-conscious almost you know he's he's a lot like you know the the beast from beauty and the beast where he's angry he's brooding kind of given up and feels unlovable and then he's like what the hell am i meant to do with this dog <laughs> he's like very reluctant to take care of it but obviously then falls in love with the dog and it's so sweet and obviously when inevitably okay this isn't much of a spoiler but the dog plan doesn't work out as i think it would he's like why why i've like i love this dog now and it's done nothing and i'm still cursed but no it's super sweet and the daughter's actually a really cool character because she um quite clever and she she really loves her father and she's like, working as a nurse during world war ii that's another thing is that the pastor was actually a um he he was in World War One and he is he lost a leg during the battle and he you know really hates war and all that um, and I like the the conversations that he has with the dragon because he he figures out quite quickly that the dragon is a gay man and he's uh, kind of closeted he feels like very ashamed he feels like he was cursed because of his gayness um, and that he you know he was so evil that the sorceress obviously like picked it out of him and that's why 
heals curse and it's affected the other servants as well and it's, it's a person who was like well you know i'm a vicar and i fell in love with a man when i was a young boy and i don't think it makes me evil like it was love and he you know slowly gets the dragon to accept who he is and that was a really sweet moment so yeah so i feel like this is a good one for rachel because i know rachel already likes Aster Glenn gray and her writing is amazing i have had Briarly on my list for so long too i don't know why i haven't read it yet i didn't Maybe because it has a dragon. I don't know. Is there dragon nodding in this one too? <laughs> no, there is no. <laughs> there isn't actually uh, any smut in it. I believe it's a very short story. I think it's uh, mostly a kiss. But I didn't mind, like, I mean, as much as I love a good smut scene, like, the story is just like, so good that it's not really necessary. Yeah. Uh, there is no, yeah, this one thing. Yeah, good for Rachel. No dragon smut. <laughs> I would have appreciated some dragon smut, but a lot. <laughs> Just a dog being cute because they make a wheelchair for the dog. Oh, gosh, there's yeah, a dog. dog. <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah. Are we voting? <laughs> okay. Do you want to? Do you want to vote first, Rachel? Yes. Okay, so I have to say that I've said a lot of snarky things about, like, shifters and nodding, and, like, those are not deal breakers. That book sounds really good. But Briarly was already on my list, and that was before I knew about the frickin' puppy. (laughs) So (laughs) I think if I could only read one of these, but I may read them both, I, but if I could only read one, I would probably read Briarly. So that's my vote. Okay, Alicia. Okay, so Rachel's um, like the quarterback automatically gets mine because I don't read books set between 1920, 1930, (laughs) 1980. (laughs) Let's do it again. This happened last time too because the book you recommended was in the 1950s. And I'm just like, that's cool. I came beforehand. Uh, okay so alicia again i win by default which is sad for alicia because i know they don't actually want to read a football book but if they did i read the lucy lennox's and i liked it enough for me to try more if there's not a lot of football in it no there's really not i would say um i would say very similar in that he's just not playing well it, yeah there's like not depictions of games except i think one at the end and it's not detailed so yeah i i don't think that would stop you at all yay okay tiebreaker <laughs> okay. okay. uh my vote okay so I too have read Lucy Lennox and I, I do quite enjoy a sport romance, even with more sport. Uh, but then the Ashes of Memory one mm. sounds really good. But then I have also read things by Tao Bauer uh, that I really enjoyed. But I feel like because I'm in a very angsty mood and the idea of like not being able to 
remember someone or like have them remember you and their love for you because like it would damage them is just is destroying me so I wrote ashes of memory that is such a three-way tie I love amnesia (laughs) (laughs) trope is so good yeah Yeah, so I I think I actually chatted about this when I was reading it I was like I don't like second chance and I don't like amnesia but when you put the two of them together it it really did something for me like I was so into this yeah because it takes away the some of the um second chance like some of the things people don't like about second chance I think is like well they gave up on each other you know so do they really care enough that kind of thing but there's not, I mean, in this premise, that is not part of that because they they hadn't, like, the one who remembers has no choice. Oh, so, so angsty. I love it. And I like, you know, with the amnesia because I never like it when, like, you're in a book series and then you get to, like, the fourth book. You, like, have this whole, you know, journey with the characters and one gets amnesia just because <laughs> there's nothing else for them to do. And it's like, well that's just like wasted all of my time with them because they've just forgotten everything but this one from the get-go mm-hmm. they've lost all their memories so i quite like that yeah i think what i like about amnesia tropes is the um not that's not what's happening in this book but like in a book where it starts with a character with amnesia i think what i like about that is the whole mystery of not knowing um who they are you know that's what i usually like about it not necessarily the romance thing but you know it's like the born identity is what i think of when i think of amnesia <laughs> which i loved that because you, you know that all that all that um drama of like you don't even know what kind of a person they were so that's why i like it but this one different different deal obviously sounds so good so i will say that it's it's not that angsty because in between there are flashbacks to before when they were together. Mm-hmm. So that it was like it was enough. It was mostly it was mainly smut. <laughs> yeah, that was like enough well. to spread out the angst and like make it bearable for me because you know my angst tolerance is zero. <laughs> yes, I do. I've learned my mistake from recommending very angsty books. <laughs> yes, you made me cry with one of yours. I like one of your book recs made me like I was miserable after <laughs> crying is a good thing that purges your soul. It's good for I you. I love crying out books. Miserable like ninety percent of the <laughs> time. Okay, I don't need a book to purge my soul. <laughs> that's so sad and so funny oh man yeah i get it it's like different moments in life call for different uh tones of reading although i feel like i'm always pretty disconnected from even you know like once i'm done reading i can put the book down and move on from the experience that i had with it you know what i mean so like a few books that like really just make me like I constantly think about I mean the last one I can think of is My Dark Vanessa which oh, is a very heavy book but it's that but I just I like you know when there's like a, an angsty book with like an eventual happy end that I can just cry at and just get that release out well that's what I think is so nice about angsty romances is you know that it'll be 
okay at the end. So it makes it makes all of the emotion feel like safe. You know what I mean? Like you can feel it because you know it's gonna come all the way through to the other side. It's not it's not like reading like a horror or something where you know that it's like only gonna get worse. <laughs> it's different. Although I do love horror and with October coming around the corner I'm getting in all the very spooky books. I can't wait. Yeah. I think about October right now. It's just August. <laughs> Nothing else. Oh, but like you said earlier, it's almost not August. I can't believe that. No, it, it kills me a little. I like how it's been so late into 2021. I can't believe we're still going to be dealing with all of the same things we were dealing with. In, in 2020 and 2022 like we're gonna get to the second year anniversary it's gonna be the same i can't believe I know. it so depressing but thank you to anyone for listening to this uh and join us next week for our spotlight book the traitor's mercy by iris fox club which is an amazing bdsm verse book and i'll see you then <laughs> goodbye Bye. Bye.